On this episode of The Smutty Book Lady and Friends, I talk to author Samantha Baca about her new book, Just One Time. Send the kids out of the room and buckle up, buttercups. This is mature content only. Hi, Samantha. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. You have a you have a release coming up. What's going on the week before uh, release week? Release <sighs> you know, it's always I think the most crazy time that week or two leading up to the release. So all of my arc readers have their copies. The paperback just went live yesterday, maybe the day before. I got my copy today, so it's all super exciting, but so much stress with the new book. Okay, so I'm totally jealous that you got your copy that soon because uh, it seems like whenever I push a paperback release out, it's, uh, and I order it right away as soon as they accept it, and it's still like a week or two, so I'm kind of jealous that you got it that I I cheated, and I bought myself a copy through Prime instead of doing the author copies. Oh, well, that makes sense. I ordered those two, but they're not coming till the first week in August, but I am the most impatient person, so... (laughs) Okay. Now I understand. (laughs) Um, One time I even accidentally cheated. I, uh, I accidentally sent it live because, you know, I was a new baby author. So I didn't know that your print went live Uh as soon as you press the button and not the same day that your release goes live. Yeah. And then I was like, oh crap. And I ordered my book and I was like, oh crap. And I took it out um, and unpublished it. So I got nice copies and it wasn't live yet. So I guess I've done that too. I ended up releasing an ebook like three weeks early because I had no idea that you didn't set the paperback up for pre-order through Amazon. And I was like, well, okay, well that's out there. So ta-da. Yeah. You know, but at this point it's like, I'm such an unknown author still because I don't, I haven't even started advertising yet because uh-huh. advertising is expensive and I wanted to make sure I had mm-hmm. a series. Um, so I'm always like, does anybody know or care? No, they don't. <laughs> right. And now I've just gotten in the habit that um, I buy them at least a week early so I can use them for my own promotion. But I kind of like doing it as a treat to readers. So that way, you know, if they want a physical book, it's going to take a few days to come anyway, they can have it more or less right around release day instead of it going live on release day, and then they still have to wait a few days to get it. It's kind of my treat to them that, you know, if they're wanting a paperback, they could just have it a few days early. So well, that's kind of a good idea. Yeah, little treats here and there. Thank all the readers. So tell us about Just One Time. This, I think, is probably one of the funniest books that I have written. And maybe I just think I'm funny. <laughs> but a lot of the ARC reviews have mentioned that they felt it was very light and funny and um, it was a completely different book than anything that I've written. It has characters who just turned 40. So we've got some, you know, best friends turning to lovers this late in their friendship. And it's, it's funny. It's super steamy. Um, She wants to have a baby. She worries that her biological clock is ticking he's like, I will be your donor. We'll just do it one time. And we all know that it's not going to be just, Oh no, it's never just one time. Is it? (laughs) No. And so we see her through the whole pregnancy, but there's so many awkward, but hilarious things that happen 
to her during her pregnancy or just the awkwardness of crossing that that line with her best friend that we get to explore on the page and actually see. And I think that was really fun. Um, it's, I do a lot of small towns. So it's a fictional small town set in New Jersey. Um, I set it close to Cape May, which is actually where my grandmother was from. And so I try to put little nuggets in every book and kind of give nods to my family when I can, especially those that have passed. But there's a lot of family ties, a lot of friendship, and it was supposed to be a standalone book. And now I have this planned as a five book series it with covers and titles, <laughs> right? I'm like, stop talking to me. You're not getting your own book. And now I have all the covers and titles done. So, so you it's said it's scary. a small town. Mm -hmm. And I want to stop right there for a second and explore that a little bit more. I don't know about you, but I find small town so fun to write. I love it. I think it's more also, it takes off so much pressure of having to know all of the details of a real city because I don't, I don't travel often enough to know culture of other cities or common things to do or weather or things like that. And so I can make up anything I want. And it is so easy to make up a small town than, you know, an actual fictional big city. Right. And I just love the charm of it. I'm a sucker for like Hallmark Christmas movies and it, it pulls me in. And so that's what I really love writing is small town. It's, it's really fun. I think it's fun because you, everybody knows everybody else in a small town. Yeah. So you kind of get that, you kind of fall into writing a series because you have the ma the hot, sexy mailman that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, oh, hot, sexy mailman needs a hot, right. sexy, you know, police woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this one has a firefighter. So I feel like every small town has some sort of man in uniform that we throw in there. We're like, ooh, here's a sexy object. <laughs> so that was going to actually be one of my questions later. And we can go ahead and talk about it now. Um you he, Nate, your main character in this mm -hmm. book, and I'll always remember his name because I think I told you earlier that I went to high school with a guy yeah. named Nate Wilson. Um, <laughs> so I kind of, it's like, oh gosh, now I see Nate Wilson during some of the sex scenes mm -hmm. and it's disturbing to me. <laughs> but uh, Nate's a fireman. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, I wrote a fireman series. Why do you think fireman romance is so popular? I think it's because, you know, it's just one of those things ingrained into us as women I don't know if it was early romance books or what it was because I mean I live in a I live in a big city and so we have a whole variety of different you know firefighters male female old young fit not fit and you know there's just I think the stigma about it that they're fit and they're muscular they're going to be young and attractive and you're going to put them in a calendar and I think that's why we all kind of gravitate toward it just like we you know put lawyers and CEOs in our billionaire series and I think there's just this kind of unspoken rule that if you're going to write about firefighters they better be super sexy and almost all the ones I've read ended up being in small towns too so just kind of funny you mentioned the calendar though and I think that's where like 
my mental picture of firemen come from is the firemen mm-hmm. counters. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can kind of let you said that. And I was like, wow, that's probably, uh, <laughs> that's probably what sparked it. Right. But, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, whenever I see, you know, I live in a suburb and whenever I see our firemen out on patrol or they go to the grocery store and get their groceries for the firehouse mm-hmm. or whatever. And I wrote sexy firemen. I wrote like three hot firemen in my series. <laughs> and I look at them and I was like, you are nothing like my fire boys. <laughs> like they're, the ones near me are usually like uh, balding. I'm not really sure how they climb up the ladder. (laughs) Right. No, I thought about that too. And I'm like, okay, well, how many firefighters do I need in this small town? I mean, they probably don't have a lot of fires and that seems redundant to have like, I don't know, 27 firefighters at this small firehouse. And so it took a lot of consideration, but I'm like, it can't also just be like a station of nothing but hotties because I mean, everybody would be moving out here. Right. So you try to keep a level of, realism but at the same time you know I think even tv shows like Chicago Fire if you look like probably 90% of their cast on the fictional show is dreamy guys I mean it's kind of just thrown out there and then there's a few thrown in that aren't so dreamy but again realism yeah I don't know if Chicago Fire is really going for realism, but (laughs) right, probably not. (laughs) I just, you know, I just know that firemen are a hot item in romance, and I even have some Mm -hmm. like groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, and you know, some every once in a while we'll see a woman that, or even a man that asks, you know, I want to romance with firemen. I was like, right, it's so popular. Right. And it's like, there's other professions, but you don't really see people like, I want a biology teacher or an architect or a scuba diver. Like there are very specific um, professions that are really kind of the bread and butter, I guess, of romance that we all gravitate toward reading and writing. And I think it's because we know that we're going to hit those tropes and that it's going to be well-received because we've already explored that. Yeah, like I don't. I maybe I'll write a scuba diver one next. But I, I don't know anything about that. But you know what? You're <laughs> going to start a new fad. You're going to be like the new. You know, like several years ago, <laughs> vampires were hot. Right. And then now uh, I'm going to be like new all about diver. the erotic erotica. Instead of aliens, people are going to move straight to scuba divers. <laughs> right. They're going to be selling out of flippers. I mean, it's going to be a hot commodity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also talk about um, how your characters are older because you mentioned that they're in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And so I told you when I wrote you earlier this week, I said, I've had the week from hell. I did not finish your, mm-hmm. you're like the one of the first people I've had on the show that I have not had a chance to finish your book. No I had worries. to call the plumber. I had to, <laughs> I had to uh, take my car into the shop. This has just been a week from mm-hmm. hell. I am very close to finishing, but so don't give me any spoilers. Uh, but, um, you know, one thing I did notice is that, you know, this couple's in their forties. Do you think that makes them a little bit more relatable to the average romance reader? You know, I've gotten a handful, probably like 13 or 14, um, arc reviews that have come in right away. This, I think has probably been my most popular book, um, that I've had, even just for ARCs, the most interest. And a lot of those reviews have mentioned 
that they enjoyed that the characters were turning 40 or had turned 40 because it was so relatable. And for me, I'm 39. And, you know, sometimes I read about these 18 year olds and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like I get up to go get a cup of coffee and I forgot what I went to get, (laughs) let alone like multitasking and conquering the world and finding the love of my life. And, (laughs) you know, it's, um, I think sometimes it's a breath of fresh air and, when we do marketing on who's reading our books, um, I've looked at my own and the readers that I have and was pleasantly surprised by the wide age ranges. And I think it's important to have characters that readers can identify with. And I was a little nervous about writing a woman who had just turned 40 and worried about her biological clock ticking and, feeling like it was going to be too late for her to have babies because I didn't want to focus on a fear that is real for a lot of women. But at the same time, I knew how relatable it was. I was older when I had my first child. I think I had just turned 34 or 35. And it was definitely something that I had considered. So I think, you know, putting it in a book with a character that showed their concerns and being self-conscious and wanting something but not knowing how to get it was something that came across as very realistic for a handful of readers and I've had some that have reached out to me privately and said hey I was 39 when I decided to start having babies and I really related to x y and z and Mm -hmm. I think it was a little refreshing yeah I think you know looking back um, I, I can definitely see how romance readers would like older couples because looking back when I was 21, 22, 23, I didn't read a lot of romance. I was out mm-hmm. doing other stuff. I didn't sit around with a book a whole lot. If I read, right. it was like for maybe 30 minutes a night and you have this whole romance community that is so voracious about their reading. Mm-hmm. They go through a book a day, sometimes two, right. um, but you know, it's usually getting to middle age, you know, your kids are at soccer practice and you're Mm -hmm. reading in the car. um, And then you lay down at night and you read instead of going out to the bars. Right. So I think there's like a whole age group out there that's that's the target age group um, that has expendable income Mm -hmm. and has lived a little bit of life. And a lot of romance writers are giving them books with 22 year olds. Right. You know, I think about it too. And, you know, I'm 39. I'm a mom of two toddlers who are three and four years old. And, you know, sometimes I just, I want that book that I can escape into that feels, you know, somewhat like reality because I'm not really into fantasy. And so, I mean, I don't necessarily want to go into Twilight and be chased by vampires and werewolves. I mean, I read the books, they were good, but um, you know, I want stuff that I can relate to. And so some of my characters, I, I show the struggle of being a parent or in this book, you know, her sister can help identify some of the things she's going through and feeling because she's a year older and now a single mom of two kids. And so I think, you know, when we're a little bit older and we relate to these characters who have friends who have kids or who are single parents themselves, who aren't going to the clubs and getting, you know, hit on by 80 different guys. 
I think that starts to become something that we resonate with, that we feel like, oh, okay, I can totally see this as myself. And that's, you know, always the, the dream of authors is to write something that people can relate to and that holds their interest and maybe pulls on their heartstrings a little bit because it is so relatable. Right. Um, you know, speaking of that, uh, you know, Abby, your main character is, you know, wanting to be a mother and that's her choice, mm-hmm. but we also see her mother as being from a time where, and I have a mother that, you know, was very much like this, that really pushes her mm-hmm. to have a child. So do you feel like there's still pressure to do that, especially even in romance books? You know, I feel like there is the pressure across the board. So I've seen, I'm in a lot of reader groups because I'm a reader. I I love to read and I jump in and I look for, you know, new recommendations. But as an author, I also look at it to see, you know, what people are asking for. And, you know, there are a lot of times that the readers are frustrated because the characters are forced, so to speak, in order to have their happily ever after, they're forced to get married and have a baby or have a family and you know that's not what everyone wants and isn't always realistic and I think that there's kind of that expectation as a culture in general that if you're a woman and you're in a relationship of any sort you should be focusing on getting married and having children because that's your happily ever after right. and I think those opinions spread far and wide um, when my husband and I first got together we were 30. I mean, we had dated prior to that, but when we actually got together, we were 30. And as soon as we were engaged, we started getting questions from family and friends about when we were going to settle down, get married, have babies. Like it was something that I saw more with my grand grandmother, not really both of them, but one grandmother, Mm -hmm. older relatives, because, you know, their generation, they got married at 14, 15, started having babies. My parents, they never put that pressure on my husband and I. It was always, if you guys want to have children, that's your decision. Um, You know, we'd be happy either way. We just want you to be happy. So we didn't really have a lot of that internal pressure, Mm -hmm. but we definitely felt it from everyone else. And I think it's still, you know, really prevalent. I don't know whether people younger than me, like in their twenties, really get it from their parents who are probably my age or a little bit older. I don't know if we've stopped that trend at a certain age. I really, so I'm not, I'm not dissing on Abby because I wanted children, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not dissing on any woman's choice to be a mother. I just thought it was like so realistic in your book because my mother is very much like her mother. Yeah. Like when I grew up, it was when you have children, when you have children, there was no question about it. There was, you know, when I talk to my children, I always say uh, something like, if you choose to have children, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever makes you happy. And I think that's kind of changing the next generation's thought process on it right? uh, because it was ingrained in my head. Right. That you would have no other choice. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, it was interesting. I thought it was very interesting in your book to see a mother portrayed, if that generation portrayed so well, I mean, like, and I'm, I'm sure it's not all of them. And I'm sure I'm being very stereotypical here. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure somebody's going to send me a nasty gram um, no. and, and be like, I'm 70 years old and I would never say that. Um, but you know, a lot of women of that generation, there was just, they told their children, there was no other choice. And she, throughout right. the book, she doesn't really give Abby another option <laughs> really. Right. Yeah. She doesn't let up and it, you know, it's one of those. And I feel like it is very, we'll say classic, be very stereotypical in a, you know, inappropriate way, I guess, but her mother in the book, she doesn't care who she gets married to and has a child with. So it's not necessarily that her mother wants her to fall in love and be happy. She wants her to do what is expected of her and to provide grandchildren. And I think, you know, that was something that weighed heavily on Abby's mind is she was so against her mother having any kind of say in it, but deep down into what she wanted, she just you know, resented her mom for the way she always approached it. And it wasn't even that she was the oldest child. I mean, her mom already had grandchildren from her sister, but still had that old fashioned mentality of you're a woman, you need to, (laughs) yeah, you're, you're getting old, you need to settle down and have children because that's what's expected of you. And, you know, it's one of those things that for some people it will never break that's just their their ideas about what you should do but yeah I wanted Abby to be you know more wanting it for herself and you know that's why she took Nate up on his offer because she didn't want it to just be anybody she didn't want to do IVF or anything like that because for her it was more important to know who the father was and to answer questions for the child and to have have the fun because let's face it there's some steam in this book right (laughs) (laughs) my husband always does the final proofread and he's like this is your dirtiest book yet like well yeah It's like, but they were um, trying to make a baby. He's like, I think they realized they got it. And I think they really didn't need to go that extra mile. Right. <laughs> I really think they outdid it. You know, you yeah, can just slide it in once. Yeah, there are a few minutes. times that I'm like, all right, you guys are going to have to stop having sex if you want this book to end. Uh, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. This is steamy. This is this is a yeah. hot book. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we do this thing on the show where, you know, my old host, I don't know if anybody remembers my old host, but I remember because I love her dearly. She went back to school and can't do the show anymore, but she sold sex toys on the side. And uh-huh. so we, we started this thing where we would have our authors say what sex toy their main mm-hmm. characters would use. So as steamy as this book is, uh-huh. what would our characters use and who would initiate it you know I feel like Abby would initiate it because she really stepped out of her comfort zone and she was the one and this may be spoiler but I don't feel like sex stuff is really a spoiler no everybody knows they're gonna have sex if there's a heat yeah. book you know <laughs> yeah so she initiated the anal sex with Nate and it was something she hadn't done but he had 
but you can't so, get pregnant with anal sex. <laughs> no. And she was already, I mean, yeah. we know she's already, I just had to throw mm-hmm. that in there. Cause we were talking right. about the pregnancy and some people have not read it. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is when they're just like, Oh, just, just 1800 times, not just one, 1800. <laughs> but I could see them playing around with maybe a butt plug because she does, she enjoys it so much. And it's, you know, it's his thing too. And I think, you know, she has that openness with him. He's her best friend and she's completely comfortable. And some of the embarrassing stuff that's already happened has happened. So now it's like all hands on deck. Like, let's just see what else we want to do. So I could see them, you know, doing something with anal toys. I, I really see her like going for like a butt plug type right thing because I don't know they just really went all on board with that one and I mean I don't know Nate he is pretty flirty and he is pretty he's pretty forward in this book he's a dirty talker and he doesn't have any problem telling her what he wants so I don't know he maybe they both initiate it yeah I mean I really do want to congratulate you on the chemistry you know like I said I haven't finished the book entirely Uh, but the chemistry is fire hot it's just off the charts so bravo for that thank you I want to say it's hot because he's a firefighter but that's just cheesy so (laughs) (laughs) back to those cheesy firefighters again Uh (laughs) um so tell us about your backlist and what's next for you so this year um I am trying to wrap up 2022 with 22 published books. So I have all of my books up for pre-order. I have everything outlined and planned. Um, When Just One Time releases next Friday on the 29th, it will be my 16th book that I've published since April of 2020. I'm averaging about seven per year. I'm a Gemini, which I think explains why I cannot choose one genre to write in. Um, I have two series that are romantic suspense because sometimes I'm just like, let's stalk and murder people. And then my other side is kind of this sweet but steamy, lighthearted contemporary romance. So I have mostly series because I cannot write many standalone books to save my life. Um, I have one standalone that is in the um, cocky hero club uh, by Keeland and Penelope Ward's world. I got selected as an author to write in that world. So that's one standalone. That one also starts super spicy in chapter one. I mean, they just go for it. And I only have one clean romance that I wrote, but it's super sad and heavy with grief. Um, But it was the one book that just spoke to me. It's more of a Hallmark Mm -hmm. type book. Isn't it funny how we just write what we feel like? Some people do. I mean, mm-hmm. some people like stick with mafia yeah. and make millions of dollars. And like, I'm not even kidding, millions of dollars off of yeah. mafia. But I'm like over here, okay, I want to write erotic superheroes one day. Then the next day, <laughs> I want to write about a 21-year-old in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I want to write some erotica. And then the next uh-huh. day, and I have such writer ADD that yes. I write what I feel like and it's kind of all over the place and I don't have a brand and that's my problem (laughs) but I'm with you I understand you when I was writing just one time um I started it while I was still writing um a romantic suspense 
book. So I was writing two books at the same time. So depending on my mood, I would either jump into my, you know, flirty rom-com book, or I would jump into my suspense book. And then finally, I had to just push myself to finish. Otherwise, I was going to miss my deadline for just one time. But I have two more romantic suspense books that are coming out this year, and that will wrap up my Dark Shadows series. Um, and then I have a five book romantic suspense small town series that I wrapped up at the beginning of last year. Mm -hmm. And then the rest on my plate for this year is um, mainly rom-com and a few holiday novellas. So I have six more books left to write for this year. But then because this book turned into a series, I have four books in this series to write and get out next year. Yeah. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I get it. I used and to write a lot. And then you get overwhelmed because you're right. like, holy shit, I put all of these pre-orders in and yeah. now I got to write them. <laughs> right. I have pre-orders all the way out through April of next year. Right. I'm with you. I don't know, like I don't know why I torture myself that way. Like I know it's going to come bite me like, on the butt. <laughs> I have a March one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I have like, oh crap. Do I really want to write this right now? Right. Yeah. I have two. Um, so let me back up. I have one coming out next Friday on the 29th. And then I don't have another release until September 16th, which buys me some time. But then I have two books that released in October, one at the beginning of October, one two weeks later. And then two that come out in November. So I have four releases every two weeks between October and November. And then I have one final book and it's the last of my romantic suspense books that I have set for December 30th because that's how I'm going to meet this goal of 22 books in 2022. There you go. Very, very last two days of the year. So the books that are coming out next year, there's four more books in the series, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, so the series readers that are listening out there, they can be like, yeah, this is going to actually be a series because some people yep. will only read series. Yeah. So this one will be a series and I, I didn't want it to be a series because I wanted to be able to crank out all of these other books, but I love this as a series. I actually have, um, Jane is Abby's sister. And we see quite a bit of her in the first book. So she's actually getting the second book. And I already have her entire book planned out in my head. But because I have all of these other pre-orders ahead of it, it won't come out till probably February next year. So I really hate doing that to people when they're reading a series. I wish I could be one of those people that just kind of had my shit together from the beginning. So I could have them, you know, come out you know, one after another and right. people wouldn't have to wait so long. Um, but my focus for 2023 is to wrap up this series and that way I can have those books one after another and I'll have finished all of my other series. I do have another small town romance series that I started, um, but that book stopped talking to me late last year. So um, I do want to pick that up next year and that's a six or seven book series um that you know is focused on montana with a cute little bed and breakfast and 
super fun small town vibes. Uh, I don't want to keep starting series and then have other books in between. Right. So, so where can people follow you so they can follow what's going on with these series? What's your Instagram? What's your TikTok? Whatever. Um, you can find me on all of them under author Samantha Baca. Um, thankfully, my name is super easy. And if you find me on Amazon first, um, that has links to all my socials, which will make it easier. I'm most active on Facebook. I have two, two groups on there, a reader group and then a book club group because I also like to talk about books. Um, Amazon's probably the easiest place to find all those links to get to me. Um, I publish my books a little differently. Each release is set up as a pre-order wide on Apple, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, and Amazon. I leave the books on all retailers for the first week, and then they're always on sale for that first week. And then I take them down and put them into Kindle Unlimited. So that way all readers have an opportunity to buy or read my book with their subscription. But Amazon is probably where all of my stuff is most accessible since those books are now in Kindle Unlimited. You won't find any of my books wide other than pre-orders yeah uh I know that like 80 percent of my books are like sold because I do have two series that are wide and I yeah. think 80 percent even those books 80 percent comes out of there but yeah I I can't ever decide what I want to do but most of my readers are KU subscribers so I really try to I try to satisfy everyone right. and not make them wait too long to get the book. Um, I don't tend to pull my books back out unless it's part of a series. And then I'll pull them out a couple of weeks before the next book in that series releases. That way, wide readers have the opportunity to purchase those books again, as well as the pre-order. But my my readers tend to like Kindle Limited quite a bit, so yeah. I kind of stay there. And I, I like it too, but <laughs> too. as a reader, I love it. I'm like, you know, if I could sign up for 40 years and pay in advance, I totally would. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, really excited. For having me. I'm really excited to finish this book. So um, I wish you a lot of luck with this. It's just a wonderful thank book I've read so far. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. And thanks for having me on here. This was a lot of fun. Oh, you're welcome. It.